Hello, and welcome to the Get Transformed podcast of Transformation Christian Fellowship. We are so excited that you're tuning in, and we hope that you will be empowered and transformed by the Word of God. Luke chapter 24, starting at the 13th verse. It says, Now behold, two of them were traveling the same day to a village called Emmaus which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together together of all these things which had happened. Verse 15 says, so it was while they, while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. And went with them. Verse 16 which says, but their eyes were restrained so they did not know him. Verse 17 says, he said to them, what kind of communication are you sharing with one another while you are walking and are sad? One of them named Cleophas answered him, are you the only foreigner in Jerusalem who does not know what has happened there in these days? He said to them, what things? Verse verse 17 would say, Verse 19 would say, and he said to them, what things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed in word before God and all the people. Verse 20 says, and how the chief priests and our, and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified and crucified him. Verse 21 says, but we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third, third day since these things happened. Verse 22 says, Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who, who, who said he was alive. Verse 24 would read, And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but him they did not see. Verse 25 says, Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Verse 27 then reads, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them and all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. I want to close out tonight uh, this faith rising message and give you part four tonight. All right. I know that was pretty, uh, pretty lengthy um, that we were at, um, but I have to share with you these verses so that you have context to what is going on. All right. So the last couple of weeks we've been talking about faith rising as it pertains to Jesus lessons that he that he um, showed the disciples through various things first week we talked about unbelief of the disciples and what God could do in them all right and that was in Matthew 17 the second week we talked about from Matthew I mean Mark chapter 4 and talked about faith for the other side faith for the other side and then and then number three the third week we talked from uh, we talked from John chapter six um, and talked about faith rising to trust what we put in. Well, what we put in God's hands. I believe we did, it was John chapter six. I believe that we talked about in the third week. All right. If I'm not, I'll correct myself uh, later. And so here we find it, ladies and gentlemen, that we have here another example that Jesus is trying to get uh, across to the believers, his own people, his disciples. The reason why we started this faith rising message is because in this year, ladies and gentlemen, the faith of believers have been in a place of wavering. It has not been in a place where it is strong. And and we're at a place where some people are letting go of the faith. All right. And so this message series is to get us to a place while this year comes to a close. And as we're believing God for another year, no matter what comes our way in the next year, your faith has to rise in its current state. 
because you have to be ready and you have to have a true conviction of faith. True conviction of faith, ladies and gentlemen, is not when everything is going well in your life. True conviction and real true testing of your faith comes when it is tried in the fire in a year like this or in other years where your faith or different challenges that have arisen in you and I's life where we needed God and to really take a hold of him to really get us through uh, uh, the year and get us through that various moment. And so here we have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, uh, we're not in the resurrection season, but the Lord points, uh, pointed me in this direction uh, when it comes down to this account of the resurrection, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the account here of the resurrection, I read Matthew, Mark, John, uh, Luke, and John's gospel. Matthew and Mark's gospel are pretty similar in how they tell the resurrection story. But Luke, ladies and gentlemen, are John and John kind of defer and how they told the account. And what I liked here in the book of Luke chapter 24, and I have a series coming in the new year about this called the reactions at the tomb, but we'll talk about it later on. But what I like here in Luke for the sake of time that Jesus, we see here, uh, uh, we see uh, within our text, ladies and gentlemen, that there are two men. Well, I'm back up for a second. We see that we have two disciples. One was a man in Cleophas. We don't know who the other disciple was. Well, we do know, ladies and gentlemen, that these two disciples were not a part of the eleven. All right? They were not a part of the eleven. Newsflash, Jesus had more disciples than just the eleven. All right? So he had these two disciples. Uh, uh, there were women who came to the tomb earlier. And that's a whole nother sermon in itself that the, that the first announcement of Christ came to shepherds who were considered outcasts of the society. And then when women on their way just to perform the ritual, they got the vision from the angel saying, why are you looking uh, for, for, why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? And you see the announcement came first to who? Women who were considered outcasts, who they were considered their, their uh, 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 first of all, their um, witness was not even something that they held firm in those days. But yet it came to women. But that's another sense for another day, and that's a whole other uh, subject for another time. But listen here, we have these two disciples that, that, that are, are making their way out of Jerusalem, and they're on their way to Emmaus, which is, a, uh, 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 which is in the country. Now, we don't necessarily know where Emmaus is in the present day. Uh, there's different theologians and different people that will uh, uh, try to point it to something. I'm not here to do that tonight. I'm here to tell you where they were on their way to. I'm not getting into the specifics. All we know is that it was seven miles uh, outside of Jerusalem. And while, ladies and gentlemen, they are walking uh, down, uh, walking to Emmaus, they are having a conversation with one another. They're having a conversation with one another. And the scripture will give us the idea in the Greek that they were almost having a debate with one another. They were having a debate with one another, ladies and gentlemen. They were trying to reason out all of the events that are happening. How am I know this? Because I'm right there in the text. Verse 13 says, Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. Watch me. Verse 14, And they talked together of all the things which had happened. Verse 15, So it was while they conversed and reasoned. It gives the idea, ladies and gentlemen, that they were debating the recent events, that they were talking about the events that just happened, that Jesus had just died on Friday or Thursday, whatever you want to whatever day you want to pick, is the idea that he, he, he died on that day. And now not only did he die, but the women came to the disciples. And they must have been in the room with them to hear that, hey, there's another, there's more, uh, there's more drama to the story. Apparently, the tomb is empty. And they're saying he's alive. And that is leaving them perplexed. They're trying to figure out what has happened. There's so many, so many complex things that are going around in this situation. And they're trying to figure out what is real, what is not and the scripture tells us, ladies and gentlemen, that they're reasoning with one another. When you look further in it, it gives the idea that they were having an intense conversation. They were having an intense conversation, ladies and gentlemen, between one another because they don't know what to believe. And ladies and gentlemen, as we come to the end of the year, 
We have people who are having conversations with one another. Intense debate. Debating about all the events. Thank you, Jesus. That has happened in this year. We're having talks, clubhouses, Facebook lives, Instagram lives. We're having all of this stuff going on. We're having debates with one another about a global pandemic. We're having debates with one another if the presidential election was rigged. We're having intense conversations with one another. And here's what I like about these two gentlemen. We don't hear anything alluding to that they were insulting one another while having reasonable conversation. But now in the social media age that we live in, we cannot even have intellectual conversations without insults flaring because we have the, because people know they want to be in their own truth and they feel like their truth is absolute. Oh, my God in here. And so they're reasoning with one another. And you and I are reasoning as this year comes to a close. We're leaving perplexed. And now we have a vaccine. Should we take the vaccine or should we not take the vaccine? And should we do this and should we do that? And all of this, ladies and gentlemen, is causing conversation. Even in our own churches, we're having conversations. Is the church relevant? Is the church going to survive? Should we open up back our churches? Should we do this? Should we do that? Am I in your fivefold ministry or am I not? Listen, ladies and gentlemen, we're having all these conversations. Intense debate with one another like these two men are having. Can I give you some cultural context? cultural context ladies and gentlemen is this is that in judaism ladies and gentlemen they valued walking and talking about religious matters it was something they valued matter of fact it is actually something that really comes out of deuteronomy when moses were telling them that you should walk and you should (laughs) telling them as you go you you need to tell this to your children's children as you sleep as you walk as you do that's how they kind of take that from And so they're reasoning with one another while walking to Emmaus. They're having conversations with one another. And ladies and gentlemen, we're having the same type of conversations today. And unknowingly to them, ladies and gentlemen, unknowingly to these two disciples, while they are walking, there's somebody else walking with them. (laughs) While they're having a conversation with one another. There's somebody walking up to them and not unknowingly to them. Here's what happened. Here's what happened. It says, so it was while they conversed that Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were restrained. So they did not know him. This is what the Greek, this is what it means in a deeper manner is that their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. That means the word here is, uh, 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 the word that is being used means to control, hold, restrain, suggest an operative beyond human eyesight. In other words, what I'm telling you is, is that Jesus restrained himself from revealing who he was to them. Why? So the contents of their heart could be on display so he could lead them to faith. There are times where Jesus could be right in your very own presence and you will not recognize him. Why? Because God is going to allow the contents of your heart to be on display. So because when you talk it out, God is going to then use your words and then use it to lead you to truth. Because some things we say because we don't have a great understanding on the things that we have going on in our lives. So that's what happens here, ladies and gentlemen, as that, listen, he, he puts it, he, he's walking up on them. First of all, I'll be like, where you come from? Because they, they didn't have nobody walking with him. Jesus just, just walking along with them, listening to their conversation. And here's what it, and here's what happens. Here's what happens in the next verse. Can I show it to you? Here's what happens. It says, and he said to them, what kind of communication are you sharing with one another while you're walking and are sad? So Jesus notices that in this conversation, this is a depressing conversation. This is a depressing conversation, ladies and gentlemen. This conversation is clearly that your countenance is low. It's sad. 
That's like, what, what is this type of communication? Y'all having an intense discussion, and yet it's so sad. It's so depressing. What is actually going on? That's what he's telling them. This is Brandon's version. It's there for yourself. What's going on? What's happening? That's what he said. And Cleophas kind of feels like, well, hold up. Who, who is this foreigner? This strange foreigner that you don't know what's going on. What is, are you living under a rock? Do you not understand what has just happened in the last few days? Where, where, where have you been? And they're saying all of this not knowing this is Jesus. Hello. He, he's kind of the one who went through it. <laughs> he's kind of the one that you, you're talking about. And you don't know it. But yet you're talking to him. And honestly, the idea is, is that almost Cleophas throws an insult to Jesus. Like, who is this guy? Like, are you like a stranger? Here's the other thing of why he used stranger. Can I help you? Is that they had to get Jesus crucified before Passover started. Now, let me tell you what that means. Is that that is one of the major festivals that everyone comes in to Jerusalem for. So he says, you stranger. Because it may not look like he's from around here. That he may be in because of the festival. And so they tell him, do you not know what's going on in Jerusalem? And Jesus, he already knows what's going on, but Jesus plays along with him. Oh, what things? Tell me what happened. This is, this is, let me tell you something. Jesus is hilarious to me. Jesus is very hilarious. Jesus is talking to them. I'm like, if I was him, I wouldn't even keep a straight face. Oh, what things? Tell me. Tell me what's going on. What happened? Remind me of the story. So he says, he's, they tell, they, they, they have a conversation Ladies and gentlemen, and, and, and he noticed their countenance was down. And many of us, as we're having these conversations, countenance is down. Countenance is low. Because we keep talking about, they're talking about there's a second type of strand. There's a second type of strand of the COVID virus. They're talking about having us all closed down again. They're, we're having these conversations and out of our mouths. It feels depressing. It feels depressing. It's like, what? Is it? We got a person that don't want to concede. We got this happening here. We got, well, there, where we go. We got stimulus. Where's the stimulus bill? I need that $600 or $2,000 if you can get that for me. Come on, just help me. Help me, please. I would use the other word, but we're in church, amen. <laughs> Please, you know, everybody's having these conversations, Jeremy. They're trying to figure out what is going on. And they're low. And you're telling, <laughs> and Jesus comes up to you and say, what things? What things? Tell me what's going on. And he says to them, and he says, to, he, he, he goes on and Cleophas goes on and says, so they said the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was, pro, who was a prophet, mighty indeed and word before God and all the people. Can I stop right there? Most people will, will give Jesus the title of being a prophet. Islam will give Jesus the title of being a prophet. There's other religions that will say that Jesus was this awesome guy who was a prophet. That spoke mightily before God and all the people. This is really not even an indictment on Cleophas or anything, but I'm just saying most people are going to associate that part of his ministry and making that the whole. Because they're not recognizing him as the Messiah. That he is the anointed one who is God. But well, we want to say he's a prophet. Yeah, that's part of his ministry that Moses said he would be. Because matter of fact, he's a Moses was a foreshadow of Jesus. Of a type or part of his ministry. But Jesus makes claims to say he's I am. To say that he is God. John in his gospel would make the argument 
in the very beginning was the word of God. And the word was with God. And the word was God. And later on he said, we beheld his glory as the only begotten son of the father. But they don't want to give him that credit. They want to give him that credit. So he was a prophet. This, this is the revelation of them that they have. It's different from the one that Peter had. Oh, it's different from the one that Peter had. He said he was a prophet. He was a mighty man. Verse 20 says, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. That's what they did. They crucified him. Verse 20 says, 21, here's what I want to, here's what I want to dive into. But we were hoping that he, it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, beside all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Here is where all of us can find ourselves. But I was hoping that in this year, I was hoping this was going to happen. I was hoping God was going to open this door. I was hoping that God was going to elevate me to this place or do this. I was hoping. I was hoping my business was going to take a whole nother level and a leap financially this year. And it seemed like we've taken steps back because of this coronavirus. Oh, I thought my church was really going to grow. But yet this coronavirus happened. I thought that I, I thought that we were going to have this big old wedding and this was going to happen. I was hoping. This is what they say. I, I was hoping that my marriage was going to get better, but it seemed like we're leading to divorce this year. I was hoping this would, I, would, I, was, I was hoping that, and their hope was in the fact that Jesus was the Messiah and he was the one that was going to come and deliver them, that he would be such a political figurehead, that he would come and deliver them from the hands of the Romans and that he would be the one to reclaim back Israel and in their faithful, in their rightful place. Can I give you this? The reason why our faith has been in a place of wavering is because your hope is misguided. Your hope is misguided. Ladies and gentlemen, it is not in what they believe to be wrong. It's how they thought it was going to happen that they were wrong. Because how they thought it was going to happen, what they were looking for, ladies and gentlemen, was, was part of what God, Jesus, would do in his second return. What they were looking for, ladies and gentlemen, was a physical liberator and not one that would liberate them spiritually. They were looking for somebody to physically unlock the chains and not understanding that, they were, that there was a debt to be paid. Hallelujah. Sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, you're always looking at the natural for things to come and for natural for things to happen. Not only not only understanding that a year like this sometimes comes to deal with your spiritual condition. My God. Jesus came, ladies and gentlemen, to deal with a spiritual condition. Why do you think certain things are getting cleaned up in the church? That people are getting exposed left and right? Because God is dealing with a spiritual condition. And you're wondering why Corona hasn't let up. Because God is not done getting real. Oh my God, cleaning things out. Are you hearing me? It's a spiritual condition. Put in the chat, say it's a spiritual condition. God is working on me spiritually. Ah, you're looking for physical liberation. And God is trying to set you free from your anxiety. Set you free from your depression. Set you free from, oh my God, of that comparison. Setting you free. But you're looking for something physically to happen. He was hoping. Hallelujah. Their hope was misguided because their hope was disguised this misguided ladies and gentlemen it led them to disappointment disappointment often comes boom maybe it's because your hope was misguided <laughs> your hope was your hope was misguided ladies and gentlemen disappointment is the non-fulfillment of one's hope disappointment ladies and gentlemen is because they did not understand God's purposes. That's why their hope was misguided. Their hope was misguided because they didn't understand God's purposes. See, here, here's the issue is that they were selective in what they thought. 
They didn't, under, they didn't read all of the Old Testament prophets about how that the Messiah would be a suffering Messiah. Hallelujah. You wanted, you, wanted, you wanted the Messiah to come in all this glory, but you didn't want the Messiah to come. The anointed one was going to Isaiah told us that he would be bruised for our iniquities. You didn't want that type of Messiah. You don't want that type of Messiah that has, oh my God, had to go through suffering to get the glory. You don't want that. We just thought he was coming to be a, a politician. And it's so funny to me, ladies and gentlemen, how many believers want to politicize Jesus? We want to make him into a political figure. And it's very interesting to me because Jesus didn't come to be a political figure. How do I know this? I praise your name. The reason I know this is because when they tried to make him king, Jesus disappeared. Because he didn't come to do that. Jesus had one mission. He didn't let people take him off his goal. The reason why their countenance was so sad is because their, they, their hopes and their dreams of Jesus being the, the Messiah seemed to be crushed. That they initiated, this is, why, this is why Cleophas ended up giving him only the title of prophet. Because he put them in the same category as everybody else. Because they thought he was not the Messiah. Because it ended in death. Whew. And sometimes, because of how a thing looks, we don't say that God is God. Because if he was God, I wouldn't have to go through this. If he was God, I wouldn't have to go through divorce. I'm preaching to somebody out there. I, if I was God, I would not have to be laid off. If I was God, if, if, if God was God, I wouldn't have to go through this that we were hoping. And when it does not happen in the way that you thought it would go, in the way that you orchestrated in, in, in your mind, ladies and gentlemen, you associate with God with everything else, all the other disappointments we thought Elijah was it we thought Moses was it we thought John the Baptist was it and Jesus is just another man we were hoping he were, he were, uh, here, here it is here it is they were looking for political deliverance from their nation for their nation and not spiritual deliverance that Jesus brought with finishing it on the cross. Here we go. Luke chapter 22 verse 20 says, Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. Here we go. Colossians 2 verse 14 and 15 would say, Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the what? cross having disarmed principalities and powers he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them in it what they saw was the cross they saw the cross they didn't see the cross in victory see you and i are reading it after the fact put yourself in their shoes you're reading it after the fact you're like hey don't you know what happened you weren't in their time. You would think that, oh, you didn't see. See, the crucifixion was as embarrassment and shame. Now we see the cross as, as victory. That's not how they saw it. That's not how they viewed it. But Jesus came to set up a new covenant through his blood. A new covenant because God and their relationship, see, they're not worried about God and their relationship. They was only worried about them and where they're standing us with them being under, the, under uh, slavery to the Romans. And this is what he's saying. I was hoping, we were wishing their hope was misguided. Can I give you something else that they had an issue with here? Number two, they were foolish and slow to believe. Not only were their hope misguided, but they were foolish. They were ignorant. They didn't have proper understanding. Hear me and hear me good. Their cause of their faithful, faithlessness was because of their failure to accept the teaching that was given. 
Let's show, let me show you here. Let me show you and give you back up here. And this is what Jesus said to them. Then he said to them, oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. What he's saying to them is that you're foolish. You are selective in what you're reading. Their problem is, ladies and gentlemen, is one of heart, not of head. What am I telling you? You want to know one of the biggest things with people in faith is, is they can't move from a place of head knowledge to it being a true conviction. They can't go to a place of uh, a lot of people have head knowledge. But they don't have the true conviction of heart. And that's why they lose heart in where they are and what's going on in the world right now is because it really has not became a thing that is rooted here. They haven't really hid the word in their heart. It's something that you look at. You, if you read this and you think this is just nothing but knowledge, you've already lost because you don't know God. Knowing God, ladies and gentlemen, the knowledge of God has an intimate uh, way of, 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 when he talks about the knowledge of God, that's meaning intimately knowing God, to know him. The way I get to know him is through this. And to really come into a real understanding of him where it's a matter of your heart. Here's the thing, even with, even with when you confess, when the, when the Bible says in Romans and Paul said, when you confess uh, uh, with your mouth and, uh, and believe in your where? Heart. He didn't say believe here. He said if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is the Lord, then you are saved. He didn't say if you have a head knowledge of Jesus Christ and then you confess that head knowledge that you're saved. No, he didn't say that. He said it's got to be here. That's how you can separate who's genuine and who's not, because oftentimes it's not something that's done here. It's not a true conviction. It's not a true conviction of the heart, ladies and gentlemen. And they didn't understand that they saw the promises of the crown and read over the prophecies of the cross. And oftentimes, ladies and gentlemen, we find ourselves like these two disciples, that we read over the promises uh, 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 of the cross and the suffering that, ladies and gentlemen, that we'll, we'll have in this lifetime. And we only want to read the good promises, that all God's promises are yea and amen. We all want to read the good promises that give and it shall be given unto you. Press down, shake it together, and run it over. Y'all, you want to only read the good promises that, oh, my goodness, blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the field. We always want to read those good stuff, but you don't read the other ones. <laughs> Hallelujah. You don't want to read the other ones, ladies and gentlemen. And it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, it says at this day, no temptation has over, overtaken you except such as is common to man, but God is faithful. You don't want to read that. You don't want to read that type of thing that, oh, yeah, you're going to have temptation. No temptation is uncommon to man that God hasn't provided a way of escape, that he's faithful. You don't want to read that. You don't want to read the fact when Jesus told us in John chapter 14 that in this life you're going to have trouble. You don't want to read that. You and I don't want to read that, that we're going to have suffering. You and I don't want to read that those who he loves, he also chastises. You and I don't want to read the fact that after you suffered a while, you, oh, my God, you shall come out established. You don't want to read that and neither do I sometimes because that means I gotta go through something Hallelujah. you and I don't want to read ladies and gentlemen when Jesus said that those who follow me must first take up their cross you don't want to read that you don't want to read that oh I don't matter what prophets a man that gained the whole world but yet loses his soul you don't want to read that why because that requires a death You don't want to. You don't want to read the fact that in Philippians chapter two, when Paul told us that Jesus humbled himself until the point of death. Hallelujah! But after all of that, he goes on to tell us that God exalted him and gave him a whole nother name that's above any other name. That at that name every knee gonna bow because it had. Oh my God! Because he humbled himself to the point of death. You don't want to read that. Hallelujah. We only want to read the good things of the Bible. You don't want to read the fact that, oh my God, that glory only comes through suffering. You preach. 
You preach about the Hebrew boys. And we hoop you on the very fact of the matter that they got out of the fire, but we don't want to talk to you that he actually got put in it. Because we only looking for God that keeps us away from trouble. We're only looking for a God that gives us the out and never showing the God that takes us in it and brings us out of it. Hallelujah. You are looking for the God. We're looking for a nice God. A God with candy and cookies. Almost like Santa Claus. And whatever I want, he gives it to me. That's what you're looking for. And that's when people, oh, I stopped believing Christ and came into atheist. Why? Because you didn't have a conviction of heart. You thought that this Christianity mean that you were exempt from trouble. Nobody's exempt from trouble. Hallelujah. I came to a message to sum up this whole entire year. The message to sum up this whole entire year. You are hoping for. Hallelujah. And your faith got to read. Hallelujah. Come on. If you came to this church, I'm going to tell you the whole story. Oh, the whole story and nothing but the story. The truth of the matter is this. Oh, my God. There are seven promises found in the book of Revelation. And every promise, he that overcomes, he shall have a seat at the table. That means you got to go through something in order to overcome it. Praise you tonight. Ah, praise your name tonight. Ah, the very fact of the matter is, he said, you're ignorant. And you're slow of heart. Because you don't know. And we got believers who are ignorant and slow to believe. Because they don't know the word of God. And we cannot be those people. You got to be balanced, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I, listen. I don't like going through nothing either. Who does? If I can, if Jesus gave me, get to your promise with no trouble, I'm taking that for 100, Alex. Every single time. God rest your soul, Alex. I'm taking that every time. Oh, Jesus, Alex, you're not Lord. I'm taking that every time. But what does that teach you? That don't teach you nothing. If I had it easy, it wouldn't teach you nothing. I wouldn't even, I don't, I wouldn't even have a gratitude for it. They, they skipped over parts. They didn't read. They had selective reading. And Jesus said to them, ought not the Christ have suffered these things? And to enter into glory. Isn't this, he pulls the, pulls the question to them. If you said you read the prophets, ought the Christ, he's saying the anointed one, the Messiah. Hallelujah. Didn't he have to suffer for these things to enter into his glory? They didn't understand that he couldn't enter into his glory until he had to deal with the cross. Ladies and gentlemen, you're looking at this year and you're saying what in the world and all of this has gone wrong and this has gone right and all of this stuff like that. And my question to you is just maybe, ladies and gentlemen, just maybe that God has to take us through some cleansing and takes us through a pruning process and takes us through these things in order for the glory to happen after this. What I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, is this ain't nothing but a light affliction. You don't want to read that part that is a light affliction uh, and all of this that we're going through uh, believe it or not it's nothing more but a light affliction ladies and gentlemen and because through this affliction that maybe you that you and I may be feeling there is glory on the other side of this there is favor on the other side of this and I'm trying to get you to understand that you better appreciate that's why Paul said I boast in my infirmity why am I boasting? Because, oh my God, so his glory, oh my God, and his glory will be revealed through me. That's why you boast. 
Why you think Jesus didn't hide his wounds? He could have healed his wounds himself in his new body. But it's oh my God, his wounds show you. Oh, he boasting the wounds because it was these wounds that was able to redeem you and I from the hands of the enemy. I got to close. I got to come to a close. I got to come to a close as we close out this year. As we close out this year, Zion, TCF, we have to understand that it was what happened to them is that something happened to them. That their eyes, ladies and gentlemen, I told you, were blinded. And oftentimes they didn't recognize who Jesus was. You see, not only in the fact, I can give it two ways to this. Not only did Jesus blind their eye. Not only did Jesus restrain himself from, from, from revealing who he was. But can I also submit to you tonight. Is that they're also, their eyes were so blinded due to their disappointment. They couldn't see what Jesus was doing. Because all they could see is disappointment. All they could see is Friday. So when you get a word of the announcement of Sunday and that there's nothing in the tomb you can't believe why you don't believe because you're so disappointed from what you saw on Friday <laughs> oh even when you hear that there's news that I might have a job interview and they might give me the job because you were disappointed from the other ones you don't believe that this one's gonna happen hallelujah hallelujah when you're feeling like there may be a hint of good news coming out of all of the bad you hear it's like oh man it may not it may just be like all the rest and they couldn't see because their eyes was blinded but can I tell you the story tonight it's not until they heard the word of God where the scripture tells us in verses 27 all the way down that the Bible says that Jesus talked oh my God let me give you the verse right here let me give it to you it said it right here in, 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 in verse 27 and beginning at Moses and all the prophets he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself in other words this word expounded in the Greek gives the idea that we get our hermeneutics how we preach how we break down to you the things and break it down in scripture we're doing it in a, such a hermeneutical way that Jesus began to break down and expound to them so their eyes would be open so their faith could be open ladies and gentlemen I remember what Paul said in the book of oh my God Romans hallelujah chapter 10 verse 17 it says so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and also like it did say when they say how can they hear if it wasn't a preacher they didn't say how can they hear based on a life culture they didn't say any of that that there was a preacher to expand upon them the word of life that's why when Jesus saw Peter after his resurrection, he said, if you love me, you feed my sheep. He wasn't talking about natural food. He was talking about them, the bread of the life. Hallelujah. He began to expound upon them. He began to, their faith started getting up. Because when you hear the word of God, if your heart is open to it, there's something that arises up in your sphere. Faith will begin to restore. God, Jesus was trying to restore their faith when it's been disappointed. He was trying to restore their faith when their hope seemed to be misguided and give them the truth. And he took them all away from Moses and all of the prophets to show them the suffering wasn't necessary to show them the cross wasn't necessary to show them that 2020 was necessary for me and my family to get to the other side Shout hallelujah my god i feel like preaching now let me tell you something a year like this is necessary believe it or not it's necessary for your life Hallelujah. Jesus said in Luke chapter 11, he said more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and they keep it, ladies and gentlemen, when they start hearing the word, they said, oh my God, it was getting later in the day and they constrained him. It gives the idea that they coerced him to come back to the house with them and Jesus came to the house and when he broke bread, it doesn't say that these disciples were with them when he broke bread amongst the 11. But there was something that triggered that when he broke that bread and blessed it, that their eyes were open. And the scripture says that all that our hearts burn within when that world, 
Why did he burn? Cause the word of God, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, it said in here, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even through the vision of soul and spirit and of joints of marrow and is a discerner of thoughts and the intents of the heart that the word of God is that powerful that it'll take your broken down, disappointed, depressed, anxious, have itself and bring you up, shock glory. to get out of here I'm past my time but the reality is ladies and gentlemen it was through the word Jesus didn't point them to man-made philosophy Jesus didn't point them to some man-made cultural ideology he pointed them to what works is the word of God I didn't come to point you to Brandon's philosophy I didn't come to point you to this ideology that is out of here I came to preach you and come point you to the one who has all the answers to the bread of life and if you read it and have your heart open to it God will encourage your heart and renew your spirit and so I came as a mouthpiece tonight to encourage TCF Nation wherever you are tonight to tell you this let this word burn in your heart so that it will restore your faith tonight because it's the time is the time the time is now came and it is here and you can't afford to take that into the new year you can't afford to take the disappointments the heartaches the frustration into a brand new year but can I give you the word of the Lord can I give it to you the reality is is that you may be going through a resurrection death but at the end of it there's a Sunday that's coming that what may look doomed on Friday oh my god there was a Sunday that was coming and when I saw the scripture the stone was rolled away and when I looked at the scripture the tomb was completely empty and they said why are you looking for the living amongst the dead cause he's not here but he rose like he said I came to encourage somebody that no matter what you got going on there will be a resurrection Something jumped in me. Something rose up in me. They say, Brandon, you gotta keep going. You gotta keep going. You gotta go strong. Why? Because it's this word that's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Shout glory. I gotta get out of here. faith gotta rise your faith gotta rise you gotta bring that thing up because in the word it's there days will like this are coming he didn't tell you days wouldn't like this wouldn't happen hallelujah hallelujah days like this will come but guess what days like this don't stay hallelujah and when Jesus got finished sharing with them their eyes could see that they were in the presence of Jesus. To see that, wait a minute, he did rise. That he did rose. And let me tell you something. Can I give you Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18? As I get out of here tonight, as I close out this year with you, it said the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints. And verse 19 says, what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the work of his mighty power? Let your eyes be open.
to his exceeding power. Hallelujah. To his exceeding power. You got to know in your heart. You got to have this made up in your heart tonight. I dare you before you get out of here. They for the encounter with Jesus tonight. You got to have it made up in your mind tonight. And you got to have it up in your heart to know tonight that I'm going to, my eyes are going to be open to see Jesus move. Not only as this year comes to a close, but as we go into a new year. Because I'm decreeing now that 2021, in the vision month, we'll see it. That it will be the year in the, in the decade of the unbelievable and unpredictable. That God is going to have us to ascend beyond what has been trying to keep us down. And there's going to be an ascension, even in the midst of all of this. And I'm decreeing and declaring tonight as a prophetic mouth is that while all of this is going on that God is slowly going to rise us up out of this thing I'm decreeing declaring that now as a mouthpiece of God I'm declaring says now my faith got to rise I got to believe that the best is still ahead even when it feel like I'm in the worst days but the best is still ahead come on encourage somebody in the Lord stand to your fear encourage them on the chat and say that your best days are still ahead. Your best days are still ahead. Your best days are still ahead. Come on, encourage somebody. Come on, encourage them in the Lord. Encourage them. Get your faith to rise. Let your faith rise. Let your faith rise. I let your faith rise. We still believe God in here. I said we still believe God in here. We still trust in the name of the Lord tonight. I said we still trust in the name of the Lord tonight. This Things had to happen. These things had to happen. These things had to happen so that you can see the glory of the Lord. That you may see the glory of the Lord. That you may see the glory of the Lord. Say, I must see the glory. 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 I must see him high and lift it up. the get transformed podcast we hope that you subscribe so that you can continue to be empowered by the latest podcast for more information on transformation christian fellowship visit our website at transformationchristianfellowship.org or download our free mobile app on the app store or google play store if you would like to support this ministry simply text tcf1 to 77977 we thank you for your generosity and for listening to the get transformed podcast And remember, transformation starts here.